We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. Coming at you on a Friday, we are basically, we're here. We're here. We're in the NBA's dead zone um, where nothing really is going to happen for the next five weeks, save a, uh, you know, a Frank Nilakina signing somewhere, perhaps. Uh, maybe another extension or two worked out between some existing players and teams. We saw Terry Rozier take himself off the uh, free agent market for 2022 um, by signing an extension on Thursday. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe Bradley Beal decides to uh, grace the city of Washington with his presence for a few more years. Uh, but other than that, I mean, we're pretty much done uh, with the 2020-21 NBA season. So we'll have about five weeks and then uh, training camp is going to be here before you know it. Uh, this kind of marathon run that the NBA has been on since it got shut down for the pandemic um, kind of is continuing. This isn't a normal offseason. It's still going to be shorter because they wanted to get things back on track. And uh, after the season, they will be back on track. So next next summer will be a little bit more normal. But uh, it's still five weeks off. But of course, there's no time off for us. Uh, we're going to still keep giving you content that is uh, hopefully, you know, enjoyable, fun. We'll 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 dip our toe into some more, uh, you know, interesting waters over the next several weeks. Try to come up with some stuff that is uh, not just killing time while we wait for camp to open. And uh, we've talked about it, and I think you're going to enjoy what we have in store. Definitely a couple fun interviews in uh, in line and, uh, you know, our usual um, stuff that we come up with. Uh, to that end, a returning guest is on today's pod. Uh, he is the John Goodman of the Knicks Film School podcast, David Futternick, all the way from California. We spoke um, about Kemba Walker because... Uh, Mr. Futternak is from the, uh, or excuse me, the state 
of Connecticut. He is not. He did not go to the University of Connecticut, which is a mistake that you'll hear I make on this podcast. I thought he went to UConn. Uh, no, he's just indoctrinated in, indoctrinated into the religion of uh, Jim Calhoun and uh, and UConn, and uh, watched Kemba every step of the way while he was in college, and has obviously continued to follow him as a pro. So we, we had a fun conversation looking back on some of his, uh, Connecticut exploits and we get into our usual, um, bit of nonsense. So, uh, that conversation is coming up. I don't think there's anything else. Um, oh yeah. Well, shameless plug. So for anybody out there who is a subscriber to the Knicks film school newsletter, um, over the next five weeks, I'm going to do something that I hope you will enjoy. Uh, we'll see. But I'm basically turning the newsletter into a mailbag on steroids for the next five weeks. So I'm going to be writing about any topics, questions, um, what ifs, Nick's history, anything that you guys want me to write about. Uh, I am officially now taking uh, or I'm soliciting uh, suggestions or questions, which you can, of course, um email to, uh, you know, the Gmail account, nicksfilmschool at gmail.com. Um, and that is something that anybody who is a full subscriber to the newsletter uh, can go ahead and uh, avail themselves to. Again, uh, starting today. So feel free to check that out if you're already a subscriber, a full subscriber. And if you're not a full subscriber, what are you doing? Uh, go sign up at uh, Substack. Just go to my Twitter page also, uh, JC Macri MBA. All right, enough uh, shameless promotion. Let us get to my conversation about Kemba Walker and the Knicks with David Futternick. All right, you ready, funny? Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> um, I have to. I have to prepare for this. Oh God! <laughs> no, you don't. I do I do have to prepare for it. You know, Come I just go. This is the intro. This is the intro. Now <laughs> yeah, you've, yeah, you've yeah. prepared for it. There you go. Yeah. Good job preparing, idiot. <laughs> you've you've. You squandered your opportunity. Just start jo- the fucking pod. No, we're starting it. We're doing this right. Joining me now on the next <laughs> on the next film school podcast. I really, I just can't because it's too many times. I mean, this is what happens when a guest comes on just too much. He's he's overstayed his uh, his welcome. I think that's what this is. But no, I mean, he's just too good. We can't not have him back. He is one of the hosts of the Super Hoopers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Also, oh oh. The oh. Sopranos podcast, um, which is um, even if you're not a Sopranos fan, you should just listen. It's it's good. It's good stuff. If you are a Sopranos fan, you're not listening to it. What are you doing? Yeah, uh, he's on. he's the one. He's the only man, the myth, the legend. David Futternick. What's up, John? How are you? How about that Sims dunk? Ah. You know, I thought he was I, I thought he hit his face on the fucking rim, at, at, you know, which is his trademark, right? Like hitting his face on the rim. He did that in the the combine was like the combine workout or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just kept re-showing that one highlight when he got drafted over and over again. How many times in your life have you hit your face on a basketball rim? And what was the height of the rim when you did it? Oh, geez. I mean, it was always probably a plastic rim as a child, oh. you know. Those are, uh, listen, man, will you put that, well, you you also, if you're, if you don't have a lot of ceiling height and you put it on the like, top of a bathroom door, you might be able, you hit your head on the top of like the ceiling. 
if you get a little too aggressive. I had, I was a, such a loser as a child. <laughs> I, as a child, uh, folks, as a child, well, yeah, now I'm, you know, there's another word for what I am now. Uh, as a child, I parked my ass in the TV room on Saturday morning. I watched like, you know, Saved by the Bell and all that shit on NBC, inside stuff. And then NBA on NBC came on and I had a whole like little setup in there where I had a Yukon garbage can. You know, the garbage cans that everybody had, like the tin. Sure. I had, know, a, cylinder. I had a cylinder one, obviously. So I had a Yukon one that had a, uh, hockey goalie stick that went into it, and then uh, on top of that was like the uh, the hoop that was given to me as like a really little kid. Okay, so it raised it up, you know, to dunking height, you know, six feet for me. Um, so, hockey, is I, hockey, I've never played. I'm not gonna lie. I've never. I I played like hockey for like phys ed in high school. But is a hockey stick six feet tall? No, altogether. It made like this contraption oh, that oh, was six feet tall. Okay, and and I played basketball by myself, watching NBA NBA on NBC every Saturday, and just you know, just being Marv Albert to myself. A lot of like, yes, you know, a lot of yeses by myself. Real, <laughs> my parents really were good. quite worried about me for a while. Just really worried about my mental ability <laughs> let me ask you something because you you are what i like to call a serious actor but <laughs> if, if uh, there was says you okay if there was ever an opportunity for you to like host some kind of a, a sports variety show would uh-huh. you do, do you see that as something that would be in your wheelhouse like to be a latter day ahmad rashad uh i would never say never but whatever network is casting that would definitely say never. So <laughs> I, I am not host material. Anytime I audition for commercials where it's like, like someone talking to camera about the product, like I can't do that shit. I just can't not, do it. Okay. No, I can't fake the like peppy, like, you That's know. true. You do like a moderate. So, but here's the thing about a moderate shot. It's like, you knew he was faking it, but there was something so real and genuine about the faking that yes. I don't know. I don't know how he pulled it off, but it was like you couldn't not. You, you couldn't look away. It's an acquired skill, like you know, like the uh, yeah, the good hosts like can do that. Seem genuine, but also like into what they're talking about. Yes, I just I can't hide my disdain for like things. <laughs> not so you, in my you, DNA. Human interest stories uh, are not. That's not going to catch your catch look, your fancy. I, I love seeing them, but yeah introducing them and like pepping a crowd up for it and probably fair. it goes somewhere else. So um, you brought up the garbage can, uh, good, good transition from garbage can to what we're here to talk about today. Um, yeah. We're going to do the thing with you today where you get to uh, or whatever, every American male loves to do. And probably most American people I, I would assume is just, you know, relive a, l- a little bit of their college memories um, oh, yeah. because you, you went to UConn. Now we should say, you I did, did not, not go. No, I did not go to UConn. Oh, oh I'm, okay. I, so then you have to. I did not go to we'll UConn. Have to take a step back. You were a UConn yes. fan. I assumed you went to UConn. Most people I went to high school with did go to UConn. Okay, that was like kind of like the the pipeline. So let's let's go back. Actually, we're gonna listen. I could I like. I mean, God bless my parents. I could have gone to UConn on a full sc- acting scholarship. Okay. I chose to live in New York because why is this? You know. 
Cowtown in the middle of nowhere in Connecticut is not exactly the hotbed of uh, the acting industry uh, or show business, I should say. No, that's well, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, you did, but you, but, but you, I, but I grew up a huge UConn fan, okay, and, and still am because I went to a college that didn't have sports, so. I I've never had any like you know going to college and like having a, another team like kind of cloud my my fandom. I'm a UConn fan forever. That's my team. I'm very happy they're back in the Big East. Is that baked into you if you grow up in Connecticut? Like it's you. It just that's what if you're a hoops fan and you grow up in Connecticut, you're going to be a UConn fan. That's the religion in the state. I mean, like you know, we had the Whalers until I was like 12, 13. Uh, but they were always trash. Like nobody really cared. Like people care more about the Whalers now because of the logo and like wearing the throwbacks than they it's a ever great did logo. when they played. Oh, fantastic logo! Yeah. Um, I went to a lot of games. My friend's dad had season tickets, so I loved it. But nobody gave a shit about that in the state, especially not in Southern Connecticut. So, I mean, UConn basketball is 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 the thing, especially like once '95 rolled around with the Rebecca Lobo like female uh, squads. Yeah. Um. To like that's even a bigger religion in the state than the men's teams are. Like Gino Oriema, like if you ask me who the most popular person in the state of Connecticut is, it's Gino Oriema. It's not even close. Really, he is he is a god, and you know, and Jim Calhoun's like up there, but Gino is like, I mean, he is the Godfather. Rebecca Lobo is the first female. Let me sure I this is right. Yeah, the first female athlete I ever like knew who they were, and I was like, that person is awesome. Um, because she was, it felt like she was the best player in in college basketball for at least one year, and maybe maybe more than one year, three years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you know, unfortunately, she had injuries when she got to the WNBA. Yes. But that that ninety you know, that ninety six uh, women's Olympic team was incredible with like Cheryl Swoops. Oh my um, god! Yeah, I mean I Dawn Staley, who just won a gold as uh, as a coach. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, UConn basketball, there's really nothing that... And especially because the state is so split uh, as far as pro teams go between Boston and New York. I was about to say, especially it's like pretty where, half and half, right? Where, where I grew up leans a little more Boston, but still a lot of New York fans. But but it's the great uniter in the state is UConn, UConn basketball. So um, the... Who is the old... Because we're, we're, we're going to get to Kemba. Who is the yeah, oldest, yeah. like... UConn player that you was it Lobo was somebody else that you remember like rooting vociferously for as a as a fan of the team I mean I, on the Mount Rushmore Ray Allen is at the tippy top he's the George Washington I mean he's like, oh okay he is, interesting he's the golden god like uh but I would also have to say like um Kevin Ali unfortunately like I'm, I, it was really sad to see that situation go south at like with him as the coach because uh I loved him as a player. He was so beloved. So he was with Ray for yeah. There was overlap. So I think I'm, two so seasons. Daniel Marshall, Ali, and then Donnie. Also Donnie Marshall. Donnie. <laughs> People forget Donnie Marshall. He he had a cup of coffee in the NBA. Yes, he did. Um, and then that old that and then Ray Allen obviously was like the but he Ray Allen came out after his junior junior year junior year. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, so those were and that team did. I should know this. I if I had a little more time to uh, research for this episode, I would. Did they win a national championship or they fell short? They did not. They did uh, not. I okay. believe the farthest they got was the elite eight. Okay. Um, 
but they were good. That was the ride. There's a famous shot that everyone in Connecticut of a certain age knows by this guy, Tate George. I think it was against Villanova. It was the first time they ever won the Big East Championship. I think that's like the shot. It's like a corner three. And it's like, and that people look at that as like the turning point in the program when it started taking off. And they weren't just like the joke in the Big East. You know, they had to be taken seriously. It wasn't just Syracuse and Georgetown and Providence now, you know? So um, if we fast forward a little bit, we get, your yeah. we get your um your rip hamilton that that was the and uh you know god bless khalid alamin who was such a monster in college Man, and then i remember khalid came Al-Amin. to the bowls and ate all the deep dish pizza in chicago and uh just <laughs> fucking just sputtered out oh that was a heartbreaker but in college he was unbelievable and um, him and rip yes. were so much fun so much fun and they and they did um Win a national championship. I, I, that I, I'm pretty sure about. And then you the got first. the Ben Gordon Emeka Okafor championship. Mm-hmm. Charlie um, Villanueva. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Villanueva. Poor Charlie Villanueva. <laughs> how, how, how can we forget Kevin Garnett? Just the biggest piece of shit. Just that, that has to be the, the, the worst trash talk that we ever heard like come out publicly. Like, ah. Uh, just awful for for those i'd rather not say no we don't listen look, everybody has google you can look it up online. To this. you can go you can ahead look and it up. you can it's that you peruse at your own leisure it's, it's a little worse than uh honey nut cheerios it's a little just a little more depressing than that. <laughs> he, went to a dark, a he went to a really dark place <laughs> yes yes um, but man. yeah those, so so that team in 04 they they won the championship that year yes um, and then there was, you know, you had Rudy Gay, you had Hashim to beat. And then right. um, along comes a young man by the name of, of Kemba Walker. And uh, so Kemba Walker was was in UConn. So you had already graduated from from college by this point. So you were watching this as a a sports fan in your what late 20s. Right. Am I, if I'm I hope I'm not aging you. Yeah, I would. I had just come out to L.A. like a couple years before because okay. I watched the national championship run with um so i have buddies out here who did go to uconn and so we would always watch like the um the alumni like viewings in la okay for for 2011 and for 2014 which was great yeah no there's no uh, no no nba players on that team i don't think well i'm sure there's one that i'm forget. oh napier how can i forget napier yeah of yeah course. oh shabat yeah yeah yeah, Le- LeBron's, uh, LeBron's boy. Yeah. LeBron's boy. <laughs> yeah, that's too, too bad. It didn't quite work out for Miami when they when they traded for him on draft night. Um, Definitely not. Definitely so not. when when Kemba was coming to UConn, was that like did, was he on your radar? Because he, I don't even think he started his freshman year. Right, he was like coming off no. the bench. Uh, the the word was always that like he was undersized and like he wasn't gonna you know um, be great. Um. And he had, even after his rookie season, I mean, he had his ups and downs. Um, his you mean his freshman uh, season, a freshman yeah. season. Uh, but like you know, in the season like the the two thousand nine two thousand ten season, he he had a lot of issues. Um, so it was his, so like his just, sophomore year yeah. when he was a full time starter and when he kind of started to make a name for himself. Yep, 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 yep. And then, so anyway, keep going. Then you get to the 2010-2011 season, like uh, the team played really well. And until like, I don't know, like maybe halfway through the season, they started really being terrible. And like Jeremy Lamb was also on that team. He was, he was great. Um, I, they had a lot of talent. 
Um, they just couldn't get together near the end of the season. And then, man, uh, that Big East tournament rolled around. And, like, I mean, I we watched every one of those games out here at a, a bar uh, around the corner from my apartment called Public House. Like, uh, we, I mean, that that was just, like, probably the most fun I've... Like, obviously, the, the NCAA tournament was incredible. Uh, but that Big East tournament was, like, maybe the most enjoyable, like, run for me as a UConn fan. I was going to say, how, where does that... It has to rank in, like, the top five of your all-time memories as, like, a sports fan. Because, like, I, I, people, I didn't care about forget UConn. How, people forget how amazing uh, the OT game was against Syracuse because it came after the pick game. And the pick game was just so... It mattered so much uh, because they just couldn't beat Pitt. And that Pitt team was really fucking good. I remember when Pitt, Pitt was like nasty, those teams. Like that you just, you didn't, you didn't fuck with Pitt back in the day. Um, so, okay. So five, it was five games in five days, which is still like. It's insane. It never happened again. No, they wouldn't even allow that now. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't know what, it would violate some, some kind of protocol. Um, right. But so he did that. And then at that point, uh, so it was, it was Kemba already like a god to you by the end of that ch- championship? I mean, he was already pretty beloved by the fan base, but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean that that bronzed his uh, his legacy. And then we get to the NCAA sure. tournament, which is like, I feel like I I don't know if this is like anecdotal or or like not true at all, but it, I feel like it's been said like if a team like you know expends all its energy in a long tournament run where they have to like again play a bunch of games in a short amount, like that's not the team that you want to bet on for the NCAA tournament. And right. So what do you remember what your thinking was before going into that NCAA tournament with, with Keva? I had, I had no expectations. Cause you know, you feed into like what the media narrative is sometimes. Uh, and like the media narrative was that this is a nice story. Maybe they can get to the sweet 16 or whatever the fuck, you know, yeah. maybe they'll lead eight if, if they're lucky, but there's no way uh, that, this team has a chance to win the championship just because like they, they had struggled mightily like down the stretch of the regular season. So, so it made sense that like you weren't totally sold on them. Um, but once the tournament started, I mean, they were electric. So like, I absolutely electric. So I have it up here. So they were the, they were the three seed. Um, yep. one, uh, not, not quite a nail biter against Bucknell. <laughs> but yeah. if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you the Bucknell. What with the Bucknell? Bucknell, is it like Bucknell Bears has a nice ring to it. I'm fairly certain that's I not mean, what they are. That sounds nice. It does sound nice, I just, right? I just think of Tony Soprano going uh saying to Davy Scatino, like, let's say let's see what that the YO from Bucknell has to say when they're like <laughs> at their like the presentations for their kids like colleges. That's great. The Bucknell Bison. Oh the oh see, you're close. I was close. Bears a bison. Uh, start with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And their and their colors are actually orange and orange and blue. Um. Yeah. Interesting little uh, ditty. So then, um, Cincinnati. Then their first upset, they beat tough Cincinnati team. Yeah, well, that that was a t- fucking tough team. That they, they seem to always have like really like underrated, gritty, tough teams. Since Cincinnati does, who was, uh, never like playing them. Who was their was their longtime head coach? Oh my god! It's, I, I want to say Huggins, but it wasn't Huggins, right? No, that's West Virginia. That's West Virginia. Uh, but it was um, like some. They had a notable coach that was there yes. for like a long time, and of course, it's escaping me right now. But I will, yeah, I will yeah, yeah. look it up. Um, so then they upset technically San Diego State, although I don't really know why, baby. That's right. <laughs> yes. Wow. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, who went? That 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 was a team that like a lot of people thought you know were gonna go all the way. That was like the birth of like the San Diego State being a really good uh, program in the tournament. I feel like. Yeah. Um, and then so then we get to the Elite Eight, and it's uh, they go up against number five Arizona. Um, two point win. I, I have no recollection of this game. I don't know if you do. Um, and then. Sort of. I, I remember the next game way more. So the, the, so the next game was against Kentucky. So what, yeah. what, what are your recollections from that one? Fuck Calipari. <laughs> I've always hated Calipari. He stole. So Marcus Camby, you know, went to my high school and it was always um, a point of contention. I think that he ended up going to UMass instead of UConn, okay. um, which which at the time was pro- like probably the right move because like... Um, I the Calipari, he's a great coach. He's just a scumbag. <laughs> Part of my French. Feel, buddy. Please. Look, look, I don't want to upset uh, our front office. I know that, you know, uh, the, the Kentucky Knicks. Well, that was the, fr- I believe that was the first Kenny Payne. It was either the first or second year that Kenny Payne was on the bench at, at uh, Kentucky. So, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I was sure we were going to lose that game. I was terrified of that team. That was Brandon Knight. Uh, Terrence Jones was an NBA player. Brandon Knight, who who ended up going higher in the draft, I believe, than Kemba, if I if I'm not mistaken. He did. He went. He went. Um, one or we went. He. Was, I think he was eighth, and I believe Kemba was ninth. Kemba I'll, was ninth. I'll, I'll double yeah. check that as well. Um, Darius Miller. How'd that, how'd that turn out? How'd that turn out? <laughs> By the way, again, in in the when I was researching Kemba when after they made the uh, after they made the trade, I didn't realize. Kemba has scored more points than any player in that class. More points than Kawhi. More than Kyrie. More more than Kyrie. More than Jimmy Butler. More than Klay Thompson. And a lot of those guys, which actually, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself because it kind of leads into the the basketball portion of this discussion as opposed to the the nostalgia portion of it. Um, But like for all the shit that Kemba gets about the fact that he's like hurt and banged up and this and that, like. He's been pretty healthy. Stayed healthier than those guys you just mentioned. No, but seriously, like all of the, you know, like players get hurt in the NBA. It happens. And it's not like he's 35, um, you know, or something. He's he's 31. Especially all the, all the years that he was a slasher. I mean, he got banged around, especially at at his size. Yes. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the national championship game against Butler, um, which I got to think by that point, you're probably like, okay, this is going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. Although, you know, all the, the, uh, I feel like a lot of the media attention was still on the the great genius of Brad Stevens and all that, you know. Uh, I I was that aging. uh, Yeah. I remember vividly, though, at the uh, viewing party, there was some, asshole who was he's at the yukon alumni viewing party and he's wearing a butler shirt i was like this is a mistake seriously so i was yeah so halfway th- we also got to the viewing party at like i don't know like noon and the game wasn't starting until like maybe 5 p.m our time so by the time the game started we were fucking trashed and every time the guy walked by like to go to the bathroom i just kept saying oh the oh the butler's here oh great uh we'll have two more pitchers I thought it was so funny. That's the type of thing that when you're saying it, you think it's the funniest thing anyone has ever thought of because you're, you're however many deep you are. And it's, it's that kind of day. Yeah. It aged better because UConn won the game. If they hadn't, that guy definitely would have come back and like spit on my face, but 
And he, he would have been, you know, and rightly so. It would have been I mean, someone, at least someone justified to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, but that game, the first half is, is maybe the worst game of, of basketball I've ever watched. It was, it was painful. Painful. I think UConn scored like 20 points, maybe not even. Like, oh, wow. it, like it, it, was, it was like one of the worst shooting performances I've seen by both teams. They were both miserable. Um, and then the Knicks turned around the second half and, you know, rest is history. But, oh, it was bad. I, I, I mean, I, I think the Huskies have um, a little bit of uh, an excuse because I think at that point they were so exhausted. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was they finished obviously the season on 11 game winning streak. So, uh, right. I mean, just unbelievable. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So Kemba did it. Um, the six foot nothing point guard from the Bronx, he did it. Um, and then he gets we go to the NBA draft. Now the Knicks did have a pick in that first round. Do do you remember David Fardenick who the Knicks picked in the first round of the 2011 NBA draft? I'll give you a hint if you need. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. It's the it's the guy who Knicks fans never wanted to trade away. Iman Shumpert. You are correct. Yeah. Seventeenth yeah. pick. How about can I just you know, see this is why hey, we had we had we had some good Iman Shumpert moments. I mean, we did. I will always rem- before this season. Before this season, or let me rephrase this: between Linsanity and this season, that that was a decade, right? Because two thousand Linsanity was two thousand ten, yeah. eleven. This season was twenty uh, twenty twenty one. Between in yeah. that ten year span, my highlight, like the the, if you ask me, like what's one memory you have, like the highlight memory as a Nick fan, it's probably. When Shump, I don't know if he hit two threes. I don't know if he hit three threes. But when him and Mello, and I want to say it was like maybe a little, was there some Chris Copeland in game six against Indiana when it looked like they were going to take that game? Um, I watched that. Talk about talk about great stories. Watch that game in an Applebee's out here. Oh, Jesus. Out here on the island that is long. Yes. Had, had just started dating Dolores. And she was like... <laughs> <laughs> you were you were feeling good in the neighborhood, baby. Oh, I was <laughs> oh yeah. I was feeling I was feeling a little too good in the neighborhood. I don't think the neighborhood wanted wanted me back after uh, after that. Um, Fair. So yeah, that was Shumpert went. So can I just go down this draft because this is this is like I love this is why I love the NBA draft. So first pick obviously that year, Kyrie Irving. Yep. Second pick in. Undisputed second pick, like there was no quite. There was, I think, maybe there wasn't talk that he would go first ever, but like very clear second pick, Derek Williams, because he had tore up Arizona. Next legend, next legend, Next legend, Derek Derek Williams. Williams. Arizona <laughs> yeah. legend. Um, a guy who Kyrie beat, or sorry, about, excuse me, um, who Kemba beat in the in the NCAA tournament. Um, yep. Third pick again, sticking with the once a Nick always Nick, Enes Cantor. <laughs> oh, who was God. again Kemba beat yeah. him in the in the tournament even though he didn't get off the bench because he wasn't he wasn't like allowed to play or whatever that situation was right right it was some some kind of kooky thing so Cantor was the third pick Tristan Thompson fourth pick to the Cavs oh the Cavs had two picks Cavs, right because oh, it fuck. was the Baron Davis trade that netted them the first pick in the draft where the Baron Davis like salary dump or something from the Clippers um, thank God Thank God they won in 2016. Oh, Jesus. That this draft could have looked miserable for them. Uh, yeah. I remember there was like, like taking Tristan. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember there was like talk about like, would they trade up from four, try to get to two with like one and two. Oh, that didn't happen. Um, fifth, yep. uh, Jonas Valanciunas uh, with Toronto still stuck kicking around. Uh, six pick didn't quite happen for him. Jan Vesely with the Wizards. Uh, it's too bad. It's a tough break. Um, speaking of tough breaks, seventh Sacramento, I think they immediately traded his rights. Bismack Biombo, um, eighth, the Oof. aforementioned uh, Brandon Knight, and then Kemba Walker went ninth. And where was uh, Clay? So here's the. So this is where it gets really interesting. One pick after Kemba to Milwaukee, Jimmer for Jimmer for debt. Oh, another Nick Legend. Another Nick <laughs> Legend who went one pick ahead of. Future Hall of Famer Clay Thompson. Oh, that is that hurts. That hurts. If you're, that's bad. If you're a Bucks fan, that's that leaves a mark. Um, although I guess not so much anymore because you just won the championship. Twelfth pick, once a Nick, always a Nick. Alec Burks. Ah, oh, hey. Um, 
13th. Wow, I did not realize he was drafted in 2011. He was drafted Damn. then. 13th pick, Markeith Morris. 14th pick. Followed by his brother, right? 14th yeah. pick. You can't write. What, in what universe <laughs> do two brothers get drafted? Same year, one pick, one of the other. Marcus Morris. Um, again, of course, once a Nick, always a Nick. And then mm-hmm. is where we have some fun. 15th, Kawhi Leonard. 16th, mm-hmm. Nikola Vucevic. 17th, Iman Shumpert. How you doing? <sighs> And then, by the way, two picks later. So close. 19th, classic, classic Knicks draft. 19th pick, Tobias Harris. And then... Uh, le- uh, could have gotten Tobias. Could have gotten Tobias there. Had the pedigree coming out of Tennessee. You know, maybe Allen Houston should have um, been a little bit more... Should have you know, stepped up. Given the yeah. nudge. And then, of course, uh, 30 pick, 30th pick that year with Jimmy Butler. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, not, mm-hmm. not yet a Nick. Probably someday will be a Nick when he's... 37 could years old. Yeah, yeah. I could see it. Definitely could see it. <laughs> um, was there, I forget, there was no, was there any like, I don't remember at all. Was there any talk of like the Knicks trying to like trade up to get Kemba? I don't remember any buzz about that whatsoever before this draft. No, no, I don't. Cause I, I definitely would have remembered that. Yeah. So, but at uh, this, so this was the, so this was coming off of, this was coming off of insanity. So, I mean, like, yeah. Man, could you imagine if, what would it, no, what, Linsan- wait, wait, wasn't Linsanity 2012? Or it was tw- You're yeah, right. It was Sorry, I got yeah. my ears yeah, yeah. wrong. So this is before Linsanity. So that would, <laughs> yeah. but this, so but this was the Nick team that was desperate for a point guard because they had they got Chandler, um, but but they had to get rid of Chauncey Billups to get Chandler, and like everybody was excited. It's like, all right, Chandler, Stat, Mellow, we got our front court, you know, and then. It was like, oh, well, we don't really technically have a point guard, but that's fine. We'll figure it out. And then fast forward to opening night, Tony Douglas, baby. Tony Douglas. <laughs> you can't write the shit. Tony Douglas was our opening night starter at point guard. And that did not go um, That did not go so well. Um, was he not as good as Kemba? I, can't, I don't remember. I don't think he quite lived up to, to, that, to that height. So... Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, so Kemba gets drafted by Charlotte. I'm curious, as as obviously a big UConn fan, did you how close attention did you pay to Kemba over the over the years while he was with the Hornets? Oh, a ton. I mean, like uh, I I love like I cherish him. When when talk was obviously that like uh, Kyrie and KD were on the move, and um, you know that whole off season, I had. In in an ideal world, and now it turned out to maybe be for the best um, because of Kemba's injuries last season. But I I had hoped in an ideal world that somehow KD and Kemba would be the two guys that came to the Knicks. Um, I don't think that ever had any chance of happening, um, especially after the KD injury. Obviously, the Knicks were like out on KD. At least, right? That's the last. I, I mean, there's so much conflicting reporting, but that's the last we heard, right? That like I don't, they didn't even decide to meet with him because they were like, no. And they and he was a package deal with Kyrie, and they didn't want anything to do with Kyrie, which I completely agree with. I I, I see. I view that situation as having tr- played out slightly differently. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I think yeah. that was uh, George Cassandra trying to get trying to get hand. saving face. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, but, but that off season, you know, in my head, which obviously probably never had any chance of coming to fruition. I don't know about that. Um, they're, they're, that you know, you never. I, so my, my thinking, I remember going, cause I had started to think 
It's very I, I had pitched I had floated the Brooklyn thing like why wouldn't Durant go to Brooklyn like what does he give a shit about the Knicks history if he just wants to be in New York he'll go to Brooklyn um, and so I started thinking like well can we get Kemba and Jimmy Butler that was my thinking ah interesting yeah um, and then that I mean that would have been amazing <laughs> well man but then you don't get Leon I don't think you get Leon Rose I don't think you get I think you, I don't even my God who is the I've Oh, that was Fisdale. <laughs> I was about to say, who's uh, that? Coach oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is that? Fe- well, but Kemba made the All Star team the first year after he signed with Boston. Um, yes, and Jimmy Butler obviously, you know, went to the went to the damn finals. He was he was pretty good with the Heat. Still, still is pretty good. I don't know. That's an interesting, interesting alternate universe, right? Sure. Then you know we would have been holding the bag uh, for Kemba. No Julius. No. No Julius. Uh, no RJ. Oh, wait. I mean, no. we, we, right, right. No, we we, no so that RJ, oh, we would have had, R- R- we would have had, had RJ, RJ yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but do they, do they flip that, do they flip that pick immediately along with like future draft assets to try to go big three? I don't even know who the big, who the third would have been, but like you could have right. seen them trying to do that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That would have been interesting. So, but that didn't happen. Kemba goes to Boston, which I'm sure was tons of fun for you. Heartbreaking, especially because, like, you know, I have so many friends who are uh, who share my love of UConn, but also are Boston sports fans. So, so they were really rubbing it in. Uh, yeah, that broke my heart. Absolutely broke my heart. Uh, the first year in Boston, I feel like there was mostly positive vibes in form of the Kemba part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> the genius Brad Stevens, uh, you know, he just he gets the best out of his players. I mean, clearly, <laughs> clearly, clearly. Um, do you think that they're on on the way down? Is there a world where the Celtics are just become an absolute dumpster fire of an organization, or am I just trying to talk that into existence? I can. I mean, I I think it's a little of both. I, I I can see it going either way. They have the talent. I mean, Tatum is incredible. Obviously, they they dealt with injuries and Tatum having COVID and coming back from COVID, um, which obviously hit him so hard um, last season. So I wouldn't count them out. I mean, they have a, they have a lot of talent on that team, and I trust Tatum and Brown. But like, what are they going to do? Because obviously, obviously, that's I mean, that's not a championship contending team. No, but Tatum, <laughs> like know? it, it killed my soul a little bit when Durant basically. Dapped Tatum is like okay, it's your turn next. You're the next guy at, at these Olympics. Like I was like, man, right? He's, and and you know what? He has the talent to do it too, which is oh, he's. I mean, he's the man. Yeah, that's what kills me. I love that team. I hate to admit it because I hate Boston so much. Yeah. but I love Tatum and Brown. Yeah, I really do. I like, like them. Too. I don't think too, they're the issue. I think it's a lot of the other the other stuff. So maybe they're just too. There's just too much talent there for for them to go that route. Um, yeah. Last season happens and obviously Kemba doesn't play first 11 games and like it's up and down. It was coming on late. Um, playoffs did not go so well. Missed the last two games against Brooklyn. Um, and now we're, we're before he got the, the news of the buyout hit. Did, did you what did you think about like, well, what would happen? Did you think he would like start the season on OKC? Did you think someone would like break down and take on the contract? Where, where were you at mentally? I assumed like he would for sure start the season on OKC. Uh, they would try to do some sort of rehab situation with him, get his value up a little bit, and then yeah. try to try to trade him at the deadline. That seemed to be the most likely 
path for them. I'm still a little puzzled why they just let him walk. I um, unless you just feel like we got the first rounder for him. Uh, we have Trey Mann and we have SGA and that's our backcourt and like we're just moving on to the future. But I also, I just don't really understand what Presti is doing. You can only kick the can down the road so much, right? I don't, I don't know, man. That situ- is, is, is that situation the biggest nightmare for Tibbs? Just a pile of draft picks? Oh my God. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you believe some of the <laughs> like reporting, that, like that's what that's kind of how Brock Aller wanted to go about this, and like Leon Rose has been mm-hmm. walking this tightrope, which he's not a small man. I don't know if you've seen pictures of Leon Rose <laughs> walking a tightrope for him is not can't be easy, not easy. But he's been walking no. it, and he's been doing a, obviously a damn good job of it because they're they're kind of having their cake and eating it too here, right? Yeah. And now, and now that so yeah, I I saw the exact same thing as you, and I figured like. This is the NBA. Teams will talk themselves into shit. Like if you got Kemba out there and you and he just looked like some semblance of himself, some team would be like, all right, well, I'm, but but maybe that's what it comes down to is that Presty looked around and he had his conversations or whatever. And he just didn't see the team that was going to give him the thing that he he would have wanted. Um but, you know, or, and and maybe this was, you know, maybe it really was. He just wanted to do a solid by a guy who's like loved around the league. Um, I know his age. I forget which agent he has, but I know it's a prominent agent. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's all it was. I mean, you could see a world where like he was just like, look, you, you got something for me. I really I really want to go home. Um, he, he likes the situation that's developing in New York and it's the right time for him to come. I mean, if he had come in the Fisdale era, I feel like that could have gone so fucking But you could say that about anything. If, if thing X happened in the Fisdale era, that could have gone really poorly. Like, yes. Uh, The one good thing that went great, uh, seems to be the Porzingis trip. Uh, it's a it's a shame that trip to Latvia. I uh, I hope for the Mavericks' sake and all their fans that this impending trip. <laughs> did they get off the plane yet? The, sl- I, the trip to Slovenia. I see yeah. that Mark Stein is is Mark Stein like on the plane with them? Is like because the, he's reporting. He's like the Dallas guy, so obviously he has the intel. Right, right. But I want I want like uh, like shot by shot of like how the conversation is going. Is Luca having like a latte? Is he conducting the yeah, meeting yeah. from like a sports car? Like as it's driving, maybe is, like, is there a goat? being brought out uh you know offering up the you know the goat to uh mark to, to, to mark cuban could you <laughs> fucking imagine if what what would happen on nba twitter if it was there was a report it may i don't know who i guess it would be stein maybe Woj or something where it's like after consideration luka Doncic has decided to play out the final year of his rookie contract and will not sign an extension oh could you when's it what's the last time that, that nba twitter will have been set on fire to that degree I can't probably like Paul, Paul George and Kawhi, like on the move oh, that yeah, night. It's, yeah, that's probably would be it. I, I uh, woke up to that like, shit in Vegas. We, well, we were in Vegas. We but, were in yeah. Vegas. The earthquake. Was that the more? I, so it, was I, the, it was the earthquake night. It was the it earthquake, was earthquake night. night. Okay. Yeah. But I was, so I was yeah. asleep when I had gone to bed already when that happened. And I woke up to that. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's up there, but I mean, it would be, I think. If it was combined with like a, a shot of Luca running on a track, I think that would be uh, <laughs> that would be the ultimate. I think would, Twitter would Twitter would collapse. Twitter would collapse. That would be great. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, anyway, we, we've we've gone off topic. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about Crunch Chocolate Bars because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying... Something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the bun with crunch. We'll, we'll finish up here. Um, I am, look, a lot of shit happened over the last several years. David Fisdale's not the coach anymore. Um, Tom Thibodeau, Thank thankfully, God. is the coach. I think Tom Thibodeau is going to love, love this team. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are a lot of parallels between uh, like Tibbs' style and, and Jim Calhoun's style. And Jim Calhoun, I, I would imagine uh, Kemba is is perhaps the favorite player that he ever coached because there were there were so many strikes against him. I mean, I rem- I remember when he was getting drafted. I I had this this shows you like what a poor uh, talent observer I am. I I worried about him as much as I worried about Steph Curry coming into the league just because of their size. Okay. I I, th- I had worries about them and and their durability. I have the same concerns for James Booknight, which okay. I, uh, also. Also heartbreaking for me to see another uh, UConn legend go to the Hornets no. and just, but yeah. he's going to a he's going to a fun team. Yeah, they'll God be fun. Them. I'm excited you know, to watch them this they'll, year. They'll be fun. I think I I I don't see them uh, playing a ton of defense, but they're going to score no. a ton of points. Yeah. Um, no, that'll that'll be fun. But I think, but the Calhoun Tibbs uh, comparison, I think, is valid. Like, I I think he's really going to like playing for him, and Tibbs is really going to. Love him. Now, my biggest thing is like how how crafty does Tibbs get with handling Kemba and and Rose? So I'm. This is the thing that I'm in the process of because you want to keep them both healthy. Come down the stretch, you know, and come playoff time. I, I think fingers crossed. I would I would have to think long and hard about this, but I uh, just off the top of my head. When is the last time a third string player on any team in recent NBA history had as much more importance as whoever the the third string point guard on the Knicks is effectively going to be? Which by I I apologies I haven't listened to uh the latest step of the the pod yet today but uh I don't know How what you, you and Jeremy's reactions were. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm never listening to it. Uh but I I people were like getting upset with um, me on Twitter yesterday. But like I I I have serious concerns about IQ running point. It just doesn't look right. I don't think he's a point I don't guard. I don't, but I I think I don't either. I think this is But people are like it's too early to say that. I'm like uh, and I I do think he's going to grow a lot with Kemba on on the team. I think he's going to be an incredible mentor for him. Yes, he will. But he, but he's a shooter. Like he's a shooter. He's not he he's just doesn't have that first step, he doesn't have like the um, 
the the ball handling and and the um you know he doesn't make decisions fast enough you know he's too tentative with the ball in his hands so look I, that can change he's still so young but at this point to me uh, honestly and I, I, we overreact to summer league way too we often do. but but deuce to me looked like maybe I, he could be that guy. To me, the, but, the point guard, but the playing time has to be there. Yeah, no. But so the you know. so the point guard question to me is I I don't care I, like I don't care about it that much because as I've been talking about for seemingly the last several months, it's just about like if you're if you have a player who could put the ball on the floor and can make something happen with a possession if their if their first option is taken away from them right. Um, and yep. I think that's what quickly has the the capability of doing. I don't think I. I don't envision quickly ever becoming a guy that you're going, you're going to just like, okay, you're the point guard. You're running the show for 25 minutes tonight. Like that's not, I don't think that's him, but that to me, that doesn't yeah. mean like, I'm still incredibly high on him. And this is, that's why I'm not like terribly concerned about what he, what he did in his first summer league game. And who knows, maybe he comes out in seven minutes from right yeah, now. Today. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and looks great. We will, we remains to be seen. Um, I like you. I'm very high on, on the deuce man. Um, can't wait to see more of him. Um, I, but I am the notion that he's going to wind up being the third string point guard. Is it going to be Vildoza? Um, mm-hmm. I even wonder, like, so, and we haven't really got into this, but like, there was the report that they made an offer to Kendrick Nunn, and there was like I, on the green room this week. We kind of somebody brought up like, well, what does that say about their pr- pursuit of Kemba and this and that? And like, there's definitely a salary cap issue there. But I wonder if they weren't trying to bring in, trying to bring in both guys in addition to Rose because none could play off ball. He really is more of a shooting guard than a point guard, but he could also be your your, your kind of like your nominal point guard. Maybe so. Do you so you so you think Kemba might have even taken less money? I just I don't if it, if it made it work. We also haven't gotten reports of the number from Oklahoma City. I mean, Kemba's made a lot of money in his career. But at the same right. time, he hasn't made that much because he had to settle for a four-year, $48 million deal from Charlotte for his second contract, which was obscene that he had obscene. to settle for that, especially when like a bunch of the guys that got drafted ahead of him, your Biombos, your Valanchunas, your Tristan Thompson, like all those guys got paid more money than Kemba fucking Walker on their second contract. But I digress. Um, anyway, I I think it's a concern. But to me... If they manage the situation correctly, and it is a situation that must be managed, this cannot be like, oh, you know, we'll figure it out as we go along. And like, this is one of those things where I wonder, Tibbs has, I mean, he's got as big a personality as there is in the league. And Leon, this is where Leon Rose is going to, I don't know what the hell he's getting paid to run the Knicks, but this is where he's going to earn his money. Where if he has to tell Tibbs, like, look, you're going to listen to these fucking people who tell you when you can and when you can't play these guys and you're not going to like it and you're going to fucking live with it because we, we like, we have to. Um, so completely agree. Yeah. And Leon seems to have the gravitas to do that. If anybody, if anybody does and if, and specifically with, with Tibbs, which is why when we spoke about Tibbs getting hired, whatever it was a year and a half ago, we were like, Leon can get him, can rein him in and, and hopefully key in on the good and maybe eliminate some of the bad. Um, because if they figure this shit out, man, the talent, I mean, the talent is there. It feels deep. Look, we, you know, we don't have the three headed monster that other teams do, obviously, but it feels deep enough to, uh, certainly 
be a far better team this year than we were last year. Obviously possible that we have a lower seed than we did this past year because the East is so deep, but you just never know how things shake out. I mean, you just don't. Who Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Like our team is better. We have more shooting now. Um, And if Kemba can be even just like, you know, 70% of what he was two years ago, uh, there are going to be nights where he lights up the garden. It's going to be so incredible. Well, you save your bullets, right? Like you save right. your bullet. Like the, I think the bullets are still not maybe not the best analogy, but like I still think it's in there because we even saw it last year in Boston when he was going through. Like you, he you can't still make the moves that he's able to make. Like yeah, no, maybe he's not going to get to the line as much. Maybe he's not going to get to the rim as much. Maybe he's not creating off the dribble as much on the perimeter. But if he could just pull it out when he needs to on this team with this group of guys, I, I'm I'm pretty excited. Totally. And I feel like uh, maybe slightly higher just because of my love of the, him as a specifically as, as the player he is and like my, my history as a, a UConn fan of his. But like I'm trying to keep my expectations near the same spot that I had for Derek Rose when he came, came over. Um, that's where I, like it's slightly higher because I think he might have more in the tank maybe than Derek. And then, you know, we'll 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 see. We'll see. I'd like to be pleasantly surprised. That's my hope. I wouldn't mind at all. I think they managed to, I think, keep the chemistry where it was because, like, you can't, I mean, you're not going to add a better guy than Kemba Walker but while upgrading the talent. So we'll see how it works out. David Fudernick, tell folks at home where they could find you and all of your fabulous material. David Fudernick on, on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, Oh, Sopranos Pod, as as John mentioned, at Oh Sopranos Pod, uh, at the Super Hoopers, um, yeah, and uh, on your TV screen soon. Anything, anything I could look out for? Uh, natural. My Amazon show is coming out, but I'll be in uh, five episodes of a of a new Amazon show. Uh, should be out uh, soon ish. Um, and then uh, in November, I'm I'm in an episode of. Um, a show on uh, or or limited series. Is it a limited series? Is that what it yeah, is? Technically? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know. Uh, on Apple Plus, uh, called "The Shrink Next Door" with uh, with Will Ferrell and, and Catherine Hahn. I'm so. like, I don't get super excited for many. Like, I'm such a nerd for like non comic book like crap. I'm I'm excited for that, and not just because you're in. Be, I, mean, I, mean, I, I think it's, it's cool that you're in it. I'm excited for just the show. I'm a very small, small part of one episode, but I think it's going to be really good. The the podcast that it's based on is amazing. And uh, the the footage that I've seen from it um, is great. And the trailer gets you super oh. hyped up for so, it. I so, saw that trailer. I was like, yes, uh, <laughs> I'm all in. Just, get, yeah. just feed it to me. Um, lots to look forward to. You're the man. Yes, yes. Um, You're the man. No, thank it. you, gentlemen. Uh, thank you. Um, Thank you out there for listening to another episode of the Next Film School Podcast. We'll be back with you uh, with some more uh, fun times uh, before you know it. Adios. Adios.